Welcome back to Common Happiness with Sonia Kenker. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing all of you to a mother of four. And before you ask, no, I have no idea how she does it. But before I give you a lot of detail about her, I'd like to give her a chance to tell us a little bit about herself. Hello, everyone, and thank you, Sonia, so much for having me on Common Happiness today. I look forward to it. My name is Sharif. I'm 45 years old. I'm a registered medical assistant. I was born and raised in Chicago all my life. I'm an Asiatic Moorish American Muslim. I honor all true and divine prophets of Allah, Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, and Confucius. Like she said, I am a mother of four darling, beautiful children, three girls, one boy. I'm a proud wife of an amazing husband. And pretty much I try my best to make all things that go on in my life happy and give grace and just try to live every day like it's my last. So that's why happiness is important. Well, I can certainly attest from our time working together that you definitely live life to the fullest and inspire others to do the same. But jumping right into it, Sharice, are you happy? I am. How do you define happiness for yourself right now? And do you feel like it's the same as how you would have perhaps defined it 10 or 20 years ago? Um, Well, for the most part, I've always been a very happy person. Um, My definition would be um, feeling joy, having positive emotions, and just life satisfaction. And um, I would say maybe 20 years ago, happiness was a little bit different because I hadn't matured yet. So I was happy in my own way. But now that I am a mother and a wife, I truly understand what true happiness is. Tell me more about that. What do you mean? And this might actually go into the next question, which is what brings you joy on a day-to-day basis and to tell me more about your happiness. It's just about like you, you get up every day, someone's excited to see you. Someone is gracious and appreciative of all of the things that you do for them at the kindness of your heart. It's like, it's things that you wake up on a day-to-day basis and you know that no amount of money can give you the joy that you're receiving from your family that you created. That's deeply fulfilling. Yes, very. It's really funny for me to ask you the next question because almost mm-hmm. every moment, <laughs> almost every memory I associate with you is associated with a deep belly laugh. But <laughs> what gave you your last belly laugh? When I read that question and I had to answer it, I thought of the funniest thing that happened last week with my five-year-old Nugget. He decided he was supposed to be sitting at the table doing his math learning work that we have him do on a daily basis. And Mm -hmm. he decided to put a jacket on, but he put his feet and legs through the armholes. So when he discovered (laughs) that his father was getting ready to come out of the office to check on him, he ran upstairs to me and said, mommy, please help me. I can't get it off. I can't get it off. And he was terrified. Like, oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble. I said, what will make you put your jacket on your feet and your legs? 
So we had the hardest time getting the jacket off of his feet and legs. I thought I was going to have to cut him out of the jacket. But it was so funny because he was trying to tell me how to get it off, but he couldn't do it himself. So he was getting angry because I couldn't help him get out of the jacket that he shouldn't have had on his feet and legs in the first place. <laughs> that is so funny. And it's also yeah. <laughs> hard to imagine because he's kind of a tall kid. So yes. for a tall kid to put his feet and legs in a jacket, he was probably deep in there. It, yes, he was. It was hilarious. I laughed so hard that I couldn't even help him. You know, when you laugh so hard, you get kind of yeah. weak. So I couldn't right. even help him get out of the jacket because I was laughing so hard. And he was so upset because he was like, Mommy, you shouldn't be laughing at me. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing that ever made you happy? The weirdest thing that ever made me happy, I would probably say during my pregnancies, the weirdest foods that I wanted, <laughs> and it would kill my husband to go out and get them for me, but he would go and oh, wait, find hold them. On. And bring I think them. part of that cut off. I think part of the beginning of that cut off because I only heard you at the end when you said weird some foods. Was there a beginning of that? Yes. Okay, sorry. So why don't you start over? Because I don't know why it was cut off. I apologize. Oh, that's okay. Um, the weirdest thing that made me happy would be when my husband would go out and get weird foods that I wanted during my pregnancy and complain about them because I wanted them all the time. What were some of those foods? With the first pregnancy, I always wanted Popeye's chicken. No matter what, that's all I wanted to eat. With the second one, I had to have watermelon and grapefruit together and salt because I really loved it. With Nugget, oh my goodness. With him, I loved all types of citrusy fruits. And I just had That's to keep so interesting. Well, with Samara, it wasn't food. I needed to smell alcohol all day long like rubbing alcohol it. or like cocktails yes. rubbing alcohol I craved it like my mouth would water because I needed to smell it it was That's strange so fascinating <laughs> did you have a lot of nausea with her too with all of them I did yes oh because I was going to say that sometimes the smell of rubbing alcohol can reduce nausea yeah, I had a lot of nausea with them. I never threw up, but I was always nauseated. Oh, poor mama. <laughs> what is one word that you associate with happiness and why? I would probably say peace. Peace is a big factor in your life. Without peace, you're just all over the place. I agree with you. Peace of mind is priceless. Yes. What are ways that you kind of balance your peace in your life? Lots of times I do a lot of cooking. I like to reorganize things, straighten up, change rooms around. Me and my husband, we've started going to the gym together. So that's that's something that I look forward to. We do that on a daily basis. Um, spending time with my two youngest children that are still here at the house. We, you know, go out on little mommy-children dates to the movies, little shopping. They go help me grocery shop. So little things like that that I do on the weekends when I'm not working. 
And sometimes I sit, now that Nugget is reading, he reads books to me. So that's something I, I look forward that. to, too. <laughs> that must be such a proud mommy moment when your yes. kid is able to read a book to you. Yes. So how has your perspective on happiness been shaped by difficulty? And this could be any sort of rough patch that you've gone through. How have you learned from it and grown from it? Or how has it changed the way you look at happiness? Um, well, I, I would say the within my life, the most times that I did not feel happiness would probably be um, starting in year 2008. I lost my grandmother. And she was my only grandmother. She brought me home from the hospital. And that, that was a big shocker because we weren't expecting it. And then four years later, after I lost her, I lost my mom. And that was unexpected. And that really sent me in a downward spiral. But I still had children and a husband and I was finishing medical assisting school. So I had a lot on my plate. So I had to, you know, try to pull it together for them and for myself, because I know that she would have wanted me to continue living my life. Right. And then after I got over that, four years later, my aunt died, which was my mother's sister. And I was the one who had to actually give the decision to take her off of like her breathing and all of that so that was mm-hmm. that was a da- da- another downward spiral so now I'm like living every day like it's my last I'm telling the people that I love that I love them I'm doing things that I always wanted to do instead of saying oh I'll do it later I'm doing it now because later is not promised and right. that's that's keeping me happy That's very grounding. Absolutely. What's your personal philosophy on happiness and how much do you prioritize it? I feel like you're touching on that a little bit by saying that you live each day like it could be your last, but do you have a personal philosophy on happiness beyond that? I would say, um, I'm sorry, you know this one's a little bit. I would say that personal happiness is just something that people should strive for. They should always want to be happy. Right. And they should always strive for happiness because it it keeps you young. It keeps your mind fulfilled. Absolutely. There's almost an ambition with it, you know, like a goal to keep things interesting, to keep things fresh. Yes. Does anything ever compromise your happiness? And how do you counteract that? Um, Well, certain things can happen at times and make you feel unhappy. But if happiness is something that you're striving for, nothing can actually make you compromise your peace. And at the start and end of my day, I, I pray in the morning when I get up. I pray at night before I go to sleep. Sometimes if things are going on, wherever I am, I have to step away and 
do a little woo-saw and come back. Sure. But for the most part, I want life to be peaceful because without peace, you're stressed. And stress leads to all types of complications, medical issues. Right. Um, it wears and tears on your body. You start looking old in the face. Like, I don't want that to be me. Right. Prayer is definitely centering. Do you have other techniques that you use to reduce stress? Sometimes I meditate. Um, in the past, I've had a life coach that I would call and talk to. Oh, that sounds really like a nice support system. Is that like a therapist or is that more like a goal setting person, like helping you set your goals type of person? Yeah, they were helping me set my goals, but um, you could talk to them about anything that you wanted to talk to them about. And at the time, like I said, I had lost the people in my life that were the closest to me. So I had lots of things that I needed to discuss and try to work through. How do you find a life coach? Uh, it actually was through my insurance, through my job. Oh, wow. And I was able to continue with them after I left my job and came to Rush. So I would use them from time to time. That's a great service. How do you rebuild joy when you feel down? Um, well, when I'm feeling down, I like to turn on some music. I love music. Sometimes I'm singing, I'm dancing. Like I said, I like to cook. So I'll find new recipes on Pinterest. I'll make something. I'll have my children help me at times. Exercising, reading books or letting my son read books to me. Watching right. movies. There's always something to help you get back into your happy place. I totally agree with you, you know, specifically based on what you mentioned as the difficult parts of life that you've experienced, like loss. Have there been any specific techniques or things that worked well for you when you were rebuilding your joy after loss or after grief? Yes. Um, talking to people, letting people in. It was hard to let people in. Um, after the tragic losses because I guess in the back of my mind I would start thinking like why why get close to this person they're just gonna leave or right. you know little things that's in the back of your mind that you shouldn't be thinking but your mind is thinking it so right. I had to almost kind of come out of my shell again and yeah. start letting people in and stop blocking them out because we're all here for a season and a reason and eventually the inevitable is going to happen and we all have to leave here so that right. is something that I know but it's still hard to let people go of course yeah so letting people in and getting comfortable again with vulnerability was part of that for you yes it was it was because sometimes I can be like a sealed door on the outside but in the inside I'm like jelly <laughs> you are a tough cookie I mean you <laughs> are very tough but you know that the girl with four kids is going to have a heart of gold <laughs> and be a softie 
Do you have any other advice for somebody at home who's trying to cultivate happiness? I would say to to cultivate happiness, you have to just practice self-compassion, acknowledge that you deserve empathy as much as anyone else does. Um, Having self-compassion will teach you to let go of self-blame, feelings of guilt, shame, sadness, anger, and other negative emotions that may impede your happiness. Do you have an example of a time when you've done that or an example of how someone could do that? Because I love that Um, advice, but I feel um, like it's (laughs) high level. Um, it, it is. It's like, how, how can I put it? It's like going somewhere and being around, say for instance, like now the holidays are around. There are a lot of unhappy people in the world and you really it really comes out of them during the holidays for some reason whether it's because of loss they don't have jobs whatever the case um those type of people you just have to you just have to smile at and you know be your nicest self no matter what reaction they're giving you you just have to be happy within yourself because you know right. that they, they have something going on. It's not you, it's them. Right. I totally agree with that. Learning how to not take other people's nastiness personally is a huge exactly. step towards Exactly. A happiness. word that I, I say, be nice to yourself. Yes, that is super important. I agree with you completely. Any other closing remarks, wonderful Sharice? I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the show today and that I am so proud of you and your endeavors that you are doing. Thank you so much for making time for me and for being Uncommon Happiness. Thank you for conversing on Common Happiness with Sonia Kencare. And if you like this episode, please subscribe.